0: You're listening to the Poncho Section, conversations about all things media and Mel Brooks. It's a podcast. And here's your hosts, Michael Canfer and Ethan Feldstein.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Poncho Section. And today we're joined by our good friend, Keith Kaufman. And Ethan, I don't know if you know this about our friend, Keith but I looked some info up on Wikipedia and he, he's on there. So apparently he was born June 9th, 1950 in Danville, Pennsylvania. And he's a retired American race car driver. Over his career he embassed, embassed, amassed, not a bast, amassed. We won 309 times and 18 championships. And he was inducted into the National Spirit Car Hall of Fame in 2004 as a member of the Pennsylvania Posse. So what was that like, Keith? It was fantastic. By, yeah.
0: the, by the way, you look great for uh how how old is that? I can do math here. Um
1: 1950 plus another 50, 50 2000, 20, 2000, plus 18, 18. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Had
0: it. You look great. Yeah, yeah. Look fantastic.
1: Is that so that information is all correct, right? Every word. Oh, good.
0: Good. So this episode we're going to talk about race cars. I, I actually I know, no, <laughs> I know nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing about cars. That Jeff Gordon
1: Dale Earnhardt
2: who, is a person,
0: and there's a, a female race car driver oh, who's dating Dan, Aaron. Is it Danica Patrick? That's the one who's dating Aaron Rodgers. Oh. I saw oh.
2: *Taken Nights* one time. I, I only know. Oh yeah, that, I remember that movie. That was a movie about oh, race cars. Oh yeah, that's a great movie. Actually, yeah. like *Rush* is a really good movie about race cars. I that's heard, with Thor story was, too. It's yeah. With Thor, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Chris. Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth is the, I'm trying to think of uh the other the other lead actor lead actor. But uh the true story behind that is actually sort of honorably portrayed in the movie. Oh, oh that's interesting. That's yeah. cool. Ron
0: Howard, right? Ron Howard movie.
2: Is it Ron Howard?
0: Um I think. I, I think know. that's what I heard. I don't fact know. check. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of heartfelt. It's, I could see
2: it being Ron Howard. Well, wanna
0: check check for Clint Howard, and if Clint Howard's in it, then it's true. a Ron Howard movie. That's how yeah. you know.
1: That's how. That's how I I uh, remembered that Solo was directed by Ron Howard. In case you forget, yeah. he throws in his brother
0: in a random <laughs> Every part. Every
2: movie. It's great. Wait, Solo like the uh, the army no. robot what star, star wars star wars oh because there's a movie called think? solo made in the 90s oh no i, wasn't, I didn't i mean maybe. maybe possibly no no it's definitely not run out <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible action movie it does have Adrian brody in it though oh uh, early on in his career interesting he dies
1: yeah oh wow spoiler alert. Solo couldn't damn it him. <laughs> i mean well, what is it? it's over 20 years old so yeah that's fine yeah you should have watched it yeah by now Actually, it's funny that you mentioned a movie that is based on a a true story because I have—I don't know how exactly we're going to segue into the topic because I don't really know what the topic is, but I have here something that I noticed that the media does and it sometimes is not 100% accurate and it's when they say based on a true story in a movie or a TV show. And it's funny that you say that that is pretty accurate. Because then there's, there's others that are like ba- barely based on it. And then there, you have something like Fargo, which wasn't actually based on anything, yet they still put based on a true story in the... In the they did the same thing with
2: Anchorman, remember? Oh my God, yes, they did. Yeah,
1: yeah. But can,
0: isn't that like a, a way to kind of get away with it? Because you can th- say like based and it, you don't know how ba- it could be loosely right. based. Well, regardless, or, you would say based.
2: Yeah, you could say... Because it, it, it's not an exact portrayal.
0: Right, right, but I'm saying like you can get away with it, even based though on a it's true not true story because be, these it could cities be clo- exist. It could be close to it or not anywhere remotely close to it, but you could still say based on a right. true
1: story. Yeah, I mean, there's cer- certain ones that I re- like that really stick out in my mind, at least from growing up. One of them being Rudy. Yeah, Did you guys did you ever see that one? Yeah, of course. I have not. What you know? Oh Rudy? my god! With I don't really watch force Sean Astin. Movies.
0: It's not really a sports movie, though. It's more like... I mean, it is... Well, there Wait, are is sports... is it not li- ranked as the number one sports movie of yes. all is time oh, again but and not, again? It's not... It shouldn't be, first of all, and <laughs> it's. <laughs> but it like that's not what it's about. Like those movies aren't necessarily about like fo- it's not about football per right. se. It's, it's about,
1: about a, a person
2: perseverance, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's how most sports movies are. Right. right, but there's like a like remember like, the Titans, like having a racial. That's but, it, on it, but it, it, right? it's about but that's what it's
0: more about though. It's not about like people don't remember. Like, but it's imbued in sports, it. so I guess that's why people
2: call it a sports movie it's right? yeah
0: yeah well yeah you're right though like yeah, mm-hmm. most of them like it's not just about like the team and they gotta win like yeah no one no one really cares
1: but apparently the the real story with rudy was that nobody on the team actually like cared about him like there's like that whole thing where he like he gets to play the last game yeah and everybody like raised him up on his shoulders and i think if, I don't remember if the what I read said that that actually happened or that if it did actually happen, it was kind of like as a joke. Like everybody on the team kind of just saw this guy. I don't remember what his real name was, but a, as a joke. And I guess the real guy who... who was based on this character really wanted this movie to be made and just did everything possible to to get it made. But it really wasn't that big of a deal.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's probably true in so many cases mm-hmm. with these movies.
1: That and Because yeah. a lot
0: of these sports movies too are, are like based on something, even yeah. if it's like the smallest thing.
1: Well, the other thing that I have, and it's another childhood thing, was Cool Run-Ins. And That was based on like an actual kind of a a thing that happened in in the Olympics. But apparently it was, it was very different. Like there wasn't like, they had like, I guess the quote unquote villain Mm -hmm. being, I guess, the, the people that were used to be on the team with John Candy's character. So they didn't want to allow his team into the Olympics. And apparently none of that ever happened. Like they, apparently they were very welcomed to the Olympics uh, there I think there, the accident did happen but um, I don't think there was any animosity towards them I think they were very welcomed Yeah well you know it's like But you got to make else. a movie you know Yeah exactly you can't, you you can't make... just make a movie about uh, people showed up and everybody welcomed them and then yeah
0: a lot of times true stories aren't that interesting Exactly so <laughs> well, <laughs> well to no do I something. think
2: I think the the biggest problem is that when you actually research the true story you find out that that is much much more interesting than actually what you had seen or yeah. what you had read about. And that's what... It always seems like the travesty is not misrepresenting the story, but the fact that you missed an opportunity mm. to actually showcase it in a visual way in which you can capture the essence of the times, the essence of a relationship that's very difficult to um, capture just on the page. So when... I mean, it, it could be a movie uh, such as, uh, uh, you know, like Saving Private Ryan, let's say. And like the opening of that movie, it's not like this is exactly how you know, this happened. But yeah. it's, m- most people understood that it really captured what it must have been like not to know what's going on mm-hmm. and then to just be thrown on an island and to be immediately shot at. I mean, if you think about the opening of that movie, they're not showing Tom Hanks and introducing you to Tom Hanks and his role and so on and so forth. No, it, it's just showing a bunch of shoulders. Uh, shoulders? Uh, soldiers. soldiers. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just all shoulders
2: they have sh- the soldiers have, a, have shoulders they do have shoulders just a mass of them right and yeah. none of them are really identified so you're not following any one individual character yeah. so it's obviously all about setting a mood for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. so movies that try to capture some momentous you know, momentous moments in real life has to accomplish that as well as build upon typically one or two main characters because mm-hmm. it's usually a you know uh A visual biography in some cases. Well, it could have been interesting, like showing what,
1: like the more intricate, the more detailed, the more nuanced kind of stuff could be like Aaron Brockovich, where apparently, like, it's not all lovey-dovey kind of like happy ending where I think like she ends up being the bad guy in the end or like she ends up, she starts out as a good guy and then ends up being a bad guy because I think the people didn't end up getting their money. I, I From how, what I've read is I think she ends up keeping like a big chunk of the money instead of giving it to the people that she was like fighting for. Mm-hmm. So like that's something like, that could have been an interesting twist <laughs> towards the
2: end. Yeah, I mean, it's so... To capture this in, in in film in particular and why you're going to cherry pick key ideas is because it's so inspirational and so mm. seductive to the art of storytelling. Yeah. So it's probably what attracted you to the story in the very first place. So it's almost like your first love of it. And then when you start to uncover all the other details that surrounded it and you realize that there were other factors that play, and these motivations here and there, and other characters, it becomes so much more difficult to tell that same story that inspired you to tell in the very first place, which is sort of what you want to provide to your audience, mm-hmm. and it's much more difficult to write these nuanced details and relationships in a movie, and have it be marketed in a mm-hmm. way that's like entertaining, because I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I feel like movies that are advertised as like, this is... You know, the biography of someone that maybe you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. It tends not to make people get really jazzed up. (laughs) But instead, if you're like, you know, it's Alan Turing and it's the imitation game, and we're going to get this super famous actor and a female lead that is just as good at math as he is. Yeah. And it's about World War II, it's about defeating, you know, the Nazis once again. And when the reality of it is that. Uh, it was already cracked before before Turing, you know, uh, made an attempt to crack it. It was cracked by other countries, but he's still a f- very famous character, and there's a lot yeah. to his character besides what's shown in that movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, but that's that's what draws people in, though. That's like, yeah, it's the whole point. Is like, yeah, it's not going to be exactly accurate, and that's the thing too. You have to, I guess, a lot of people go see these movies like, wow, I can't believe what it was like then. And you're like, well. No, it's a it's still a movie you still have to see it as like as fiction right know? even with some you know documentaries too like documentaries while really really good been watching a lot of them lately they can be misleading too because there are people who come out and say oh it wasn't like this like it's right. hard to really know you can you can sway things
1: well it's like it's essentially it's like it's the polish of marketing where they try to that's what media does they want to sell you they want to sell you the, this idea so that you can sit down and watch it. And then, like, in a lot of these cases, they want to have a happy ending because if you leave the theaters going, oh, that was super depressing, it's going to get out that the ending is super depressing and people are not going to want to go see it. Yeah, but that that's,
0: I mean, yeah, that's. I guess that's true most of the time. Yeah, but, for the most part. But that never t- deters me. That that mm-hmm. always bothers me, actually, that, that things always have to end happily. Like, right. that's not, doesn't have to do, it just has to end somehow. But I know like so many people, even like my parents are like, oh, it doesn't have a happy ending or it just kind of ends. I'm like, yeah, sometimes things just kind of end. Everything doesn't always tie together. Or it's
2: about the journey itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Well, like I just saw the, um, it's funny, I saw the Robin Williams documentary, which I highly recommend. Highly recommend. But it's like everyone knows how that ends because they know Robin Williams has been dead for four years now, which is crazy crazy wow that that. is pretty crazy yeah but but i mentioned i was telling some people about it and i mentioned like yeah and like you know he had he was diagnosed with parkinson's and people were like what and i was like yeah he was diagnosed with parkinson's wasn't that like a known thing like that came out and i guess i spoiled it for a lot of people and maybe (laughs) some people right now too like people didn't know that that he also had parkinson's and that was like something that you know his like brain was all kind of fucked up yeah that was like a big thing Um, but that, I mean, that's a great example of something that, you know, doesn't end happily. No. That kind of just...
1: I feel like documentaries kind of have a little bit more freedom when it comes to that stuff. They do. Because it is, it is like, I think in a sense, documentaries are more true to reality than, than maybe a movie would be. Well, I I mean, mean, they
0: are. Taking right. something that was real,
1: yeah. I mean, and granted, you it, like you were saying it can be skewed a bit. Like they can just take one side of a story as opposed to well, like the, both. But they can frame yeah. it like you can frame it in a way that
0: makes the person look really good yeah. and maybe not show the like the dark aspects. You know, sure.
2: um, sometimes documentaries get made actually to clear the air of sensationalism, whereas movies. Mm-hmm that are based on someone's life, actually does the polar opposite of it. It more embraces the sensationalism as a selling point for the individual and thus for the movie. That's a really, uh, that's guys, a
0: really good point. Have you guys seen Wild Wild Country?
2: Yes. No. Oh, okay. I show you.
0: Yeah, do you like it? It's fantastic. It was great, right? And I think that was one where I was watching it. Um, I don't want to spoil it because actually I really want people to watch that one because it's so good. Spoil? Is there anything to Spoil? <laughs> Well, there, I mean, I think so. I don't think people know. I don't because I, I
2: didn't know the story. I know. mean, that's fair. But like, to, to know, I think people have heard of successful cults, and this one being tied to Rolls Royces in particular.
0: Yeah, uh, but there's there's like details. I think that. Oh, like, I, I mean, I, I mean, I was pretty. Just,
2: just, but when people think of Jonestown, they think of Kool Aid. And then when people think of, uh, right. you know, the you know OSHA, it's tempting to think of. Mm-hmm. rolls royces and pulling them out and
0: yeah well like but there was like a lot of stuff and i don't know how you felt but like in the beginning watching this thing i'm like i can see why people were attracted to this like i could totally see what was appealing yeah i don't can, know if that's can just can be, me you know. or if that's like because like normally you would see you you'd, like look at that and be like oh like that's crazy or like how could you fall for that you know and a lot of i feel like a lot of times like that's kind of so, that's what i would feel that's what other people might feel, but when I saw it, I kind of had that, that feeling like, oh, this, I could totally see how this would drag people in. Like there was a lot of, a lot that was appealing.
2: Yeah. I have a lot of friends who, um, wish for a community to exist Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, like the underpinnings of it. So all the, the benevolent details of what they set up in Oregon. Um, and in some parts in India, that was sort of their first draft of that story. Um, I have friends who actually did exactly that. Yeah. I mean, minus like the cold aspect, but set up their own uh, commune, live on a farm, uh, sustain themselves. And it's a it's a wish to kind of return back to your roots. Yeah. And uh, in order to, I guess, you know, for some people, they can look at that situation as my life is so complicated right now in order to sort it out. It's not just a matter of slowing things down, but keep doing what I'm doing, but to actually uh, invert to a lifestyle that is more primitive to myself, yeah. which is the story behind the the lawyer that is a really great um I mean i yeah, has so many amazing comments. Uh, I forget I forget his name. I don't know. I,
0: near Nirin Nirin?
2: Yeah, I mean he's like there's only one lawyer I think that's really being interviewed I, I li- that was a member of the of the cult.
0: My favorite was the dude with the overalls. I liked him. I don't know what his name and, was. I mean, back
2: in the day, they were kind of like all wearing red overalls yeah. and no, no,
0: no, no, no. The, the guy they were interviewing, oh, the older yeah, man. The,
2: the, the, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he had he's a, a great,
0: larger guy. Yeah, yeah, he had a great he's sense of humor about him. I liked him.
1: So I'm completely ignorant to what no, you guys are I know, talking about. I, I feel bad. You no, should No, it's all good. It. What what cult are we talking about here?
0: They were the Rajneeshis. Yes. Yeah, And they lived, yeah. And they followed this guy named Bhagwan, who was... he He goes by many names like
2: there's 30 names for him yeah (laughs) and they kind of like all uh introduced a lot of it but i find my
0: it's weird because like i've I've heard people talk about like fuck that guy and like and i understand that totally but i was like entertained by him in like some twisted way i don't know what it was because like i i get you know we shouldn't really dive too much into it no i think
2: that i mean this is really good because this connects to what i wanted to bring to the table today okay which is sort of perfect let's do that then the the perversion of something that is genuine and has some merit to it. And then the perversion becomes what's most known, especially in Western society, and it becomes a fad. Mm. So in this case, we can speak of positives of, uh, some positive takeaways from this cult, which might be things like treating others with respect, being friendly, um, to congregate. Uh, creating a sense of community. Pe- this is something that people crave. We know this. Uh, That's the idea. Ide- That's the idea behind it. Uh, meditation, um, self-reflection. This is all sort of the baby in the bathwater that you know, shouldn't be thrown out. It grew in unhealthy directions and it got very political and dangerous and there's certainly illegal activities so it's, <laughs> uh, it's and assassination attempts and yeah. all this stuff. And, um, Jeez.
0: yeah, it's pretty out of control,
2: you know, misuse of, 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 funds, but the idea behind a lot of it seems okay. You yeah. Know, for, no, for, for the for most sure. part. Um, but you know, I do connect this with things that have less of a negative outcome, but, Let's take yoga, for example, and it blowing up in urban areas across the states and what it's being connected to. And I guess someone who loves yoga, it just seems very strange when you get an invite from a friend to do yoga and it's like, let's do yoga with goats and alcohol in (laughs) a sauna. It's like, I don't know what you think yoga is, but it doesn't require any of those, it requires right. <laughs> just like a mat and hopefully like i I'm curious about the goats. How do the you goats know, goat co- yoga where oh. you're doing yoga and then there tends to be, it's not a full grown uh, adult goat, uh, it tends to be like a smaller goat that will just kind of like hop on your back and kind of like stay there like as you move through some poses. Like I got to say, that and sounds kind of cool, actually. What's, What's the, the benefit there?
0: of
1: that? <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. I, <laughs> Besides getting to hang out <laughs> with yeah, the baby yeah, goat. I mean, that sounds kind of cool I, I, getting to hang out with the baby goat, but I don't see the benefits. I feel benefits. like it happened
2: by accident one time. And then someone said, we can make a business <laughs> gotta, out of it. Yeah. Thing. And that's what happened. But you see things like this pop up all the time. Uh, and it seems to, I mean, it, it, if you're just looking at yoga, not as a way of life, but as a, let's just do this random activity, on, um, you know, a Saturday morning and to start my day. And that's that. I mean, that's, that's all fair, but I think people get the wrong idea about what yoga means to others, especially countries of origin. The I mean, the origin of yoga itself being treated as a way of life. Um, it is a inner spiritual journey for some people. It is uh, a sense of equivalent to going to the doctor um, for physical health. There's prenatal yoga. There's postnatal yoga. Um, I can't speak to the merits of any of this. <laughs> uh, there's yoga for stress that people have concocted. And the same thing can be said for meditation. Now oh, that's sort of just been, uh, I mean, just blown up in the most ridiculous ways where it's now dangerous to just go onto YouTube and to type in guided meditation because 99% of the videos that are there are just over-the-top ridiculous And to the point where people in my family think that meditation is hypnosis, that those are synonymous. (laughs) Mm. Um, And when I say that, no, they're actually polar opposites, the fact that it's not self-evident, once I say that they're polar opposites, that they actually are. And this seems to be not just like a gap in knowledge. Once again, it's not that I don't know what meditation is for. It is getting the wrong idea of Mm. this, seeing it as a fad and then being concerned that there are people in our society who are embracing this fad and not seeing that there's actually some benefit to these hobbies, to these activities.
0: Well, I think there's a there's been like a more positive side of this too that it's becoming more I guess more common. Like yoga and meditation have become more of like a common thing for people where it's not seen as like a weird thing. I mean, yoga for example, like people saw it for a while as like oh, yoga's for women you know that mm-hmm. was like a, a thing for but uh, only in our culture right right but no but that's kind of changing and i think that's like the, a, the, the good most thing. famous yogis are men. <laughs> right no but i'm saying that's like a positive thing that's changing and like meditation too i think like meditation has become a lot more common but but yeah like what you're saying with that there becomes a lot like there there comes goat yoga and <laughs> yeah. and weird but you're saying other, that they
2: got it wrong from the beginning essentially they, that it was misconstrued as this is a female fad and like um the origin of it being brought into Western society it was right. done so by a man too, which I mean there's just Right. This is all just Yeah, so I think
0: it's it's like moving in a good direction in the sense that like it's more It's becoming balkanized. That's what sensible, I see. Balkanized. Yeah.
2: So it's like what do you want to do yoga? Oh, what have a yoga? What are we doing? <laughs> oh okay yeah and I'm, there's some cult leaders well, behind yoga uh, well, yeah, organizations like, like uh, was it Bikram Birkum?
0: Bikram right Bikram
2: is B- that, is that, that it? yeah
0: yeah i mean that dude's insane that guy who that like, who started it i don't is is i don't know what his name is if his name is like bikram i don't know it yeah i think it, it is, is. Like, yeah he's yeah. like crazy oh he's absolutely crazy yeah he's out of his mind and like he's like oh it's funny like in interviews he's like so angry it's like dude like you're doing you're supposed to be relaxed you know
1: i'm curious what i i know we've talked a little bit about it but i'm curious what your thoughts on ddp yoga because that's i actually do ddp yoga and i actually very really enjoy it and i'm pretty positive so ddp for those who don't know it was a wrestler uh mainly f- for wcw but i think then he went over to wwe and then whatever but my understanding of his, him creating the ddp yoga plan or uh was Mainly just him doing yoga as a way to kind of heal his own body. Just because wrestling is a tough thing. I mean, as yeah. even, even though things are pre-planned, I mean, you take a body shot or you get hit, you get thrown around. I mean, that's really happening to you. That's not that's not fake. Uh, so I think uh, as ways to heal his body, to heal his back, he had a lot of issues. He was doing a lot of yoga, and from that, he was able to find I guess a lot of benefit to it and he wanted to present that to people and at least personally I like the way he is presenting it he's not pretending that it's this um like this cult kind of thing like this guy that I'm not too familiar with this Bikram dude but he's not he's not pretending that this is anything more than just a way to be healthy Mm -hmm. and uh physically I i mean possibly maybe uh i don't know being emotionally healthy could could be a something gained from this but i don't think he's coming from that that sense i think he's just coming from like hey this is a good way to be physically healthy it's more active right yeah it's a bit more active there there's some um, I don't know I'm so I've never done any other types of yoga before so I don't really have anything to compare it to but I know that there's there's a lot of things where it comes to he has you like imitate if you were to like use like a like a bench press or something like that in certain things but like trying to do um, kind of like... I don't even know what the word word is called. Resistance. It's like resistance up. training without weights. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you try to tense up as you move and try to be focused on the, on your movements in that kind of sense of of muscle kind of workout. So there's stuff like that. There's uh, periodic um, push-ups and stuff like that. I mean, granted, yeah, that's the more active part. Granted, I'm still on the beginner levels, so um, there's. I would imagine it gets much more intense. But yeah, it's much. It's a much
2: more physical kind of thing as opposed to spiritual kind of. I mean, just like food, there's going to be fusion, right? Just like music, there's going to be fusion. That's exactly what this is. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would you say that you would you think personally this is a respectable way to go about it, as opposed to hey, we're gonna just Make the room really hot and put goats. <laughs>
2: yeah, until there's DDP goat yoga. <laughs> um, so it's
1: the, it's the addition of the goats.
2: <laughs> no, I mean like so he's someone with a physical uh, fitness background, mm-hmm. and he's just fusing what he's already known with what he and I mean I guess picked up from yoga, and then like create his own um, sport essentially. Yeah, like all of that is fine. It's just I guess when people take one concept and they accept the Warp version as uh, the original. Mm. You know, they don't see this as a revised draft. And then when people talk about it afterwards, it just, it almost like ruins, I hate to say like ruins it for the rest of us, but I think it stops some people from wanting to take part in these activities, wanting to meditate because oh, what I don't, I hate hypnosis or like I don't believe in hypnosis. Why would I ever meditate? You know, just th- this type of thought process to sort of justify not engaging in this activity or thinking that it's predicated upon accepting some spiritual deity or um, something within yourself or seeing it as uh, some superpower that someone else has. It's strange. I mean, you see this being worded in questions all the time. And that's, that's how you're able to pick up on it. People asking, uh, what's it like to reach nirvana? Already a loaded question, because it's completely debated as to whether or not anyone could reach a state of enlightenment to begin with. I saw a question on Quora, uh, if you know, like the, the yeah, website yeah. where you just like post a question, right? Um, and someone said like, well, what's the brain look like? What's um, going on beneath the surface? for someone who um, has reached enlightenment and, you know, is in a state of nirvana. I mean, just like, it's such a loaded question. The fact that the first 10 responses are granting the question as legitimate to begin with. And it's coming from spiritual leaders and healers, um, you know, folks that truly do like buy into it and read Siddhartha as if it were partially like like a documentary. And I mean, like, who knows? Like maybe... uh, it, it It is some state that can be measured to some degree, um, but the right preliminary questions aren't being pondered by those that claim to be experts in the very field, which is an embarrassment.
1: What do you think is, is the cause of the misinformation, and do you have an, any idea of how something like this could be resolved? With meditation, but
2: specifically. Just maybe with the, I guess, I don't know, the... Because there's a lore of it, right? I mean, asking that question is a whole lot more exciting than saying, what is enlightenment? Okay, well, now you have to read and learn and educate, and that's not fun. People don't like that. People want to hear about subjective states, and then through someone's personal take on it, that's how they engage in the material, and that's how they learn. Um, But that's not the way to start out, and no one's jumping back to original texts from Buddha, or in taking it with a grain of salt, like they probably should, because Buddha claimed to be all-knowing, despite physics not being invented yet, Mm -hmm. Uh, despite (laughs) all that we knew about the universe and so on and so forth. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot of foolish and outrageous claims, Um, but I think it's just the lore of something more. It's, um, especially in Eastern uh, belief structures, it's, uh, it's very easy to be, uh, like seduced and humbled at the same time. Uh, you can cherry pick quotes from main Eastern spiritual leaders, everywhere, anyone from, uh, you know, any of the gods from Hinduism to Buddha, as I mentioned, or Confucius. And you can read it as, look, you just have to go in the flow of the universe. Whatever the universe presents you, that's a sign And you should always take it as such because everything happens for a reason. So don't get so held up in your own individual frustrations. It's nothing because you should really embrace the bigger picture. Okay, that's I mean all that sounds really great on the surface, right? So it's very alluring, and especially if you're affluent, if you're healthy, if uh, you have some privilege that you were born into, whatever that may be interpreted as, and Let's say that you kind of have one of those lives in which you would have to make up issues to really be in a state of um, mental anguish. Let's say all your mental faculties are in order. Well, then it's super easy to embrace and then pay into everything that that's telling you. It's very Mm. easy to then set up your own studio to say, I have figured out the answers and I'm coming to you with ancient wisdom. Right. from 2,000 years ago. I mean, how alluring is that? And people will see you and see that you look healthy and you're glowing and uh, you're always happy. And they don't first stop to ask, is there any reason for you not to be happy? Because <laughs> if there was and you're still this way, then you would see that there's a greater range to this person, a greater nuance, complexity. And this elaboration would take some serious effort. In which case, maybe you do have something to say. Mm. So, so uh,
1: from what I'm gathering is you think you're saying it's uh, people who have some sort of status that end up being influencers, who they misinterpret X, Y, Z, and because of that, they they decide, oh, I'm going to pass this on, and their bastardization of. X Y Z then gets passed on to another group of people, and then it just blows up into goat hot yoga. Essentially, and other oh, takes types forms. of takes yeah, I mean, yeah. Reiki
2: healing is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, mm. That one of the main educational websites for Reiki healing makes the claim that it has the ability and did in the past cure all diseases and ailments. <laughs> I mean now. I mean, I think in some part everybody wants to be embraced as a big messenger and someone who is uh, going to come to you with some grand elixir, and it's it's really special. And you could you should recognize all that I've been through. And if you're seen as a leader, then it implies that you were once a student, Mm -hmm. that you went through all the. uh, I I mean, I guess like all, all. Everything that you're putting your confidence and students through, you know, it's like, well, teacher has been in my shoes, and I just can't wait to be as happy as you know, teacher is. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, Reiki right, healing is just it's it's so fun. It, it, I mean, funny and fun. I mean, there's just like so many elements to it. You're putting on peaceful music generally. You're having someone lay down. Uh, let's say the person that is buying into it is someone who works like 60 hours a week they never have a a moment's rest and they buy into something that sort of by the very nature of it forces you to have a moment's rest Mm -hmm. and that could be the one special ingredient the one significant piece of this pie but it's surrounded by all this hoo-ha i mean uh Woo! Yeah, it actually, is is what I was mm-hmm. <laughs> looking Ooh-ha. for. I
0: don't think it's the same though as as yoga because I think yoga I think has become like you were saying like it is this like that is was possibly ruining it for some other people. But I think like when I used to go, I used to go to a vinyasa class years ago. This one would would run and it was not a hot room. It was cool. It was fine. And she oh, would, not
2: all yoga is bad. It's I wasn't saying no, 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 but
0: I'm saying like she would put on like contemporary music. It was like like she wasn't trying to like sell – like she was cool. She just like was like we're going to take you through some stretches and poses, whatever, and I think people go there. It was me and like a bunch of like 40, 50-year-old women, but we all <laughs> kind of had the same sort of thing where it was – I mean for me I was going because – you know, it's good physically for sure, but also just to, you know, calm my mind a little bit and to really to focus yeah. on something else. And I think I think everyone kind of gets different benefits from this stuff. You know, some people want like they go to hot yoga, cause, like I want to just go extreme, intense. And if that's for you, like, cool. You know, go for mm-hmm. it. There is something kind of like and like what you're doing, the DDP. Like there is yeah. something for everyone. Where like people like. When I, go, I'm not thinking of like the other, I'm thinking of getting a good, I'm really just thinking of like relaxing, yeah. relaxing my mind and right. like getting a good, good stretch. I'm you curious. Know? Keeping it on a very kind of simple level, I guess you could
2: say. But I'm talking about those yoga l- leaders that then get hired for events that talk about unbounding consciousness. Yeah, see, I don't what go if, to those. But, I not go to those. But I, I gotta tell you, they are all over the place and yeah. it's just, they're popping up all over New York, events every oh. single week. People are paying top dollar. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just found this one event uh, yesterday. I saved it on my phone because it, it was just so hilarious. But they're already sold out. Tickets are $40. Yeah. And well, it's, like it's all about, our, is humanity ready to be unbound? And people are just seduced by these word salads. It's any any like kind of
0: influencer. Mm-hmm. I mean... I had someone show me this like YouTube video of someone who was like, uh, she asked me, she goes, "Have you ever been to a medium?" And I was like, "Oh lord, no, no." Um, I don't know how you feel about mediums. A medium? A medium. Is that is that like makes- uh,
1: like Long Island Long Island medium? People that yeah. like speak to ghosts and stuff.
0: Yeah. And I was like, I haven't done that. And she was like, Watch this video. And it was a video of these two people talking. And she's like, we're going to make contact with, like, your husband. And then all of a sudden, she starts talking in, like, a man's voice. Like, it's supposed to be your husband. When hmm. I was with was like, isn't that crazy? I'm like, yeah, it's, like, really well done, the video, how they <laughs> spliced it together. But, like, I don't think, <laughs> like, there's, it's a YouTube video. It's very easy. But, like, I don't, I also, at the same time, I don't want to, like, rain on someone's parade, you know? Like, if they, if they believe that that's, like, a true thing, like, and I don't know if it's right or wrong, I don't know if it's me to yeah. say, like, but, you know, this is, like, an easy thing to do, but, like, if, if that, like, provides you some kind of, like, comfort, yeah. I don't know.
2: I, I come from the position that you must rain on someone's parade because <laughs> it does massive amounts of danger uh, or damage when you mm-hmm. don't, because it's... Uh, the the source and the fuel of an independent mind is not in what you think, but in how you think. So Mm. the same people that point to that video and say, wow, that is really something, are the same people that point to another video that shows a man um, screaming Hitler at an ice crystal and then showing you that the word Hitler changes ice crystals. And the same person that likes that... I didn't
0: connect with what was going on there to that at the time. (laughs)
2: But that same person is the one that's not going to vaccinate their kids. That's the same person that's going to bring back smallpox. I mean, this I think, is the same exact th- thing because the problem is you don't have a filter to question your own instinct. So you rely on your gut feeling it being true. If it feels true, if it feels plausible, yeah. and if it seems that there is a real selling point, and if it's coming to you, from someone who's pretending to be, or maybe they are an expert in ghosts, but what does it mean to be an expert in something if that something may not exist, yeah. right? And not questioning the very... There, there are 500 better questions to ask before how, how many people can I forward this video to. Oh,
0: well, I don't think she was... She was just showing me this I thing. mean, this is
2: not like picking on your one friend, no. but I'm saying a, as a whole all of this is connected in the fact that people don't see it as a state of mind and they don't equate this type of um, credulity with those that, like I said, you know, won't vaccinate their kids mm-hmm. in that they will you know, buy into something, um, I don't know, like social changes. You know, is another like funny one, like uh, some university professor going on the news and saying there's no such thing as biological sex. You know, it's it's the same person. It's the same person, it's the same state of mind. And like I'm so if you I want guess, to give, I guess
0: I don't like think of it in those terms though, like that one thing jumping all the way to that, like that just seems very But it's
2: how. It's how you think, not what you think. It's not saying the same person know. does it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is if you are a person who doesn't question Big claims that does not say to themselves extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. If you're the same if that very same person lacks the means or the skills to then do independent research and lacks any knowledge of whom are the actual experts in a particular field, then essentially they are news gullible. They are Santa Claus eligible. So their head is just has a hole in it, is what I'm trying to say. It's porous, and this information is readily going to go through and enter their skull, whereas people who do have the means and skills of research, let's say, or just has this funny bone detector, like, oh, this just doesn't seem right, you know, based upon what I know, that that acts as a filter. I mean, it's yeah. a closure mm-hmm. of
0: a hole in your skull. Well, that, I mean, that's, yeah, that's like, The big problem I think we're having now in, I mean, this country all over the world, but like the lack of, I guess, skepticism. Yeah. Like, just like yeah, taking everything verbatim, like this is, this is what this is what's right. This Mm -hmm. is what's right, you know, like just having those kind of, I guess, that like certainty.
1: Yeah. I think a a big issue is you have channels like TLC or Discovery. Or History Channel, and they have programs like the Long Island Medium, or you have programs like B- Hunting Bigfoot or Ghost Hunters. Yeah, and that's—it's a loaded oh, question from the start. It's, it's just well, like yeah, given that I mean, Bigfoot it's, it's, exists, it's adding credence to certain claims. And it's just—you would think, it, wouldn't you have found him by now? Wouldn't yeah. you have found a ghost by now? Like. It's just I, the I, the whole the, show, the whole point of the show is defeating is kind of self-defeating. I mean, if you find Bigfoot, the show's over. If you find I mean, it's, it's based on something that is subjective. Right. That's
2: that's the problem. It's an educational sh- show that is educational based in in very in big quotes. It's something that's subjective. Okay. Given this, now we're going to, you know, do Investigation. It's completely right. backwards. It's drawing the bullseye after you already shot the arrow. I mean, I so like watching Ghost Adventures, like that <laughs> show to me
0: is just like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, this is, or like, but like, y- like we can like see it and like go into it. I guess like skepticism, most likely, like in the case of like ghost hunters, like right. probably bullshit. Okay. But like maybe some people don't. Maybe some people are like, oh, this oh, is yeah. real. This is like a real thing. Mm-hmm. I but think- is it the responsibility? of the program to do, like what's their responsibility? Yeah, I don't understand. know. Because they're on TLC or... Their responsibility right? is to entertain. It's yeah. the right, fact that right, the audience exactly. does
2: not understand that it's the network's responsibility to entertain and to satisfy yeah. advertisers. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, no, that's and, that's exactly... And yeah. I mean, once again, it comes down to how one thinks yeah, and not necessarily like what, what they think. And I mean, I want to go back to highlighting how dangerous this actually actually is. I mean, going back to vaccinations, and you have Andrew uh, Wakefield in 1998, uh, a UK-based doctor, publishing a report that gets picked up by scientific journals that is linking the MMR vaccine to autism, so MMR, measles, mumps, uh, rubella, uh, and it's still with us. Yeah. And it got picked up by um, one scientific journal. It got picked up by uh, Nature magazine. So now we have something that is even more encapsulated and dangerous because it's now this it, – it, it, it doesn't come with you um, – I mean, if, if it's backed up by a doctor, in other words, I think it's then actually- people say it's backed up by science. So I don't have to do the research. I almost think it's worse so, if
0: it's backed by like a celebrity sometimes because I think people
1: mm. pay attention to celebrities. well what happened, What happened
2: after that article was picked up was it was then broadcasted in the news, yeah, because the news says, well, we have a trusted source, which is science magazine. Um I mean, there's a few others i, I like I forget the name, but it 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 was it was a nature magazine, and then like science. America, or something or another that was picked up. So then what happens is you have a scientific hypothesis that becomes political and it becomes personal because those are my kids, damn it. Yeah. (laughs) And it also, along with this, becomes stained in the public eye in different ways Mm -hmm. because now you have folks that had vaccinated their kids over monitoring and being worried that they had done something wrong that carries a lot of guilt i don't want that on my conscience and then you have new parents around this time of the 2000s of y2k and all that right (laughs) uh then thinking to themselves should i or shouldn't i and the process to clean up that mess took over 10 years and we still feel it today. I mean, it will always be easier to create a mess than it is to clean it up. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. fact that it was so readily picked up and passed around and spread like wildfire and no one looking into the actual study and why it was flawed to begin with. And the fact that in order to correct it, it wasn't a retraction. Yeah, Retraction did take 10 years in the initial magazine that actually published it. Which, think about that. That is absolutely insane and disgraceful the fact that you had to have another panel of scientists doing research that tries to disprove something that was not yeah i guess uh not accurate to begin with Mm -hmm. um and, and flawed like i'm talking in the research not in the outcome but the research how they got there the methods that they used
0: I mean, now, I mean, these all these things can spread so easily. Like, I mean, with this, with anything, with clickbait, clickbait is, like, the worst thing now because you see, like, all these headlines and people don't actually read, like, what it actually says. And it might not even be... Neither to do ble- journalists. Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, I get frustrated by, like, by dumb, like, stupid things, like, that really have no... They're just annoying. Like, it doesn't really have any repercussions. Mm-hmm. But like I remember seeing, must have been, and this has nothing to do with what you're talking about, but it's somewhat, you know, somewhat related. Um, there was an article that I saw that said, Billie Jean King slams Emma Stone. And I was like, well, what's this? This sounds interesting. Because if you guys know, Emma Stone played Billie Jean King in that movie. Right, right. Um, the Battle of the Sexes movie. Oh, right. That came out last year, right? I was like, wow, hmm, why would she slam emma stone like what reason and emma stone tweeted something about um about like equality about like um equal pay or something i think along those lines i could be getting this slightly wrong and i apologize if i am but um then billy jean king like piled onto it and said also like people of color and stuff and i was like what like She didn't slam Emma Stone. She just kind of added to it. Right, right. But it implied that like there was some kind of battle going on between them. I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever read in my entire life. Right. I was like furious after that. But that happens so much with like with everything, with scientific studies too. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. I read a lot of stuff about like nutrition because that's always interesting to me. That's loaded with BS. I I know, but that's, like, well, remember the American Heart Association had come out last year saying that coconut oil was, like, really bad? There was, like, all that. There was all that stuff coming out, and, and like, and then it was, like, posted everywhere, and, like, it was on news stories. Like, coconut oil is actually not good and, like, all this stuff. And, like, so many other people, like, actually, like, smart people had to come out and, like, refute this, be like, no, like, this is entirely wrong. (laughs) This, like... It's just people and it is like a case, especially in in the case of nutrition, people being misinformed.
2: Yeah. Any nutritional study cannot be summed up in a verbal way. No. That's presentable in the news as in X is bad. That's a horrible thing. Louis Black has a great joke about that. Where so many like one day
1: Oh milk and then one day uh, he said uh, to th- this day eggs are good, and then the next day eggs are bad. But then you find out no. Then the whites are good, but then then you find out no. The yellows are good, and then but no, all eggs are bad. It's like well, I've already eaten so many eggs.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, and on, on Black and Barboy, he goes, it smelled good or bad." Yeah. And then no one answers him. He goes, "I rest my case." Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> well, things. Yeah, things are constantly changing, and there's also there's different viewpoints mm-hmm. for sure, you know. And there's different ways because there's there's different things too. It's it's not about it, there's things that are about health, and then there's stuff that's about weight loss, and it's not always the same, yeah. you know, because there's – because you can lose weight. You can lose weight, but not eating a super healthy diet. Yeah. There's ways – there's plenty of ways well, to do that. Thing. Everybody
1: – everybody's body affects right. – uh, reacts differently to and, every and, single food. We – all three of us too. at this table can have the same meal and it'll have completely different effects to us.
0: Yeah, that's, so. I mean, that's a big thing too, is there's really not always a one size fits all for everyone. Mm-hmm. However, you can, there are things that everyone would benefit from like eliminating. Like if everyone eliminated sugar, there's no real downside to that unless you go, unless you're someone who's like really addicted to soda and you decide to like go off it cold turkey. That actually might potentially be dangerous because it's such it's a bigger addiction than people realize. We don't think of addictions in terms of like anything besides like alcohol and drugs, but really like sugar is right there with it. If not more so.
2: Yeah. The most dangerous thing about, or the most complicated thing about nutritional research is that compared to many other fields, this particular one is known for confounding variables and factors, which means that, uh, you, you create instance A and then observe instance B after a time period or so. And if you have this controlled study and it's actually an experiment, because not all experiments um, are in inexper- experiments. There are correlational studies, there are quasi-experiments, things like that. But with confounding variables, there's always this possibility that it wasn't A that caused B, but it was actually a third factor outside of those two Mm -hmm. that influence how A reacts when this other factor is in the area that leads to B. Um, So it's just, uh, I mean, it's hard to raise a conclusion without a seemingly infinite number of caveats and hedges. Mm -hmm. And when you turn on the news and the Today Show, it's not about those caveats it's always about what was the takeaway of the study and there was an article that was published a few years ago now that said uh i don't know if it was saying the most psychological studies but it said something like most studies are false something like you know Mm -hmm. just over 50 percent and the reason for that is the lack of reproduction of studies of lack of replicating the methods replicating the data, um, so running the data again to see if your conclusion was actually statistically significant and justified, or if you were massaging the data in order to extrapolate some bold claim that you can make. Uh, analyze what was your sample. Um, so after this article was released there was a flood of people that were questioning the extent in which it's actually true or if it applies to one field of study more so over another and where do we get duped more often and I mean if you just think of what we're most interested in I assume that that's where we get duped most most often which is going to come down to Nutrition, yeah, and a lot of psych studies as well. So yeah, for
0: sure. But there's always <laughs> with with regards to nutrition, there's always stuff they they want to appease people. So like when you see a, like a, a study, it's like like alcohol is not so, or like wine is okay, right. and people are like, oh, really? Well, I can drink Do my wine. wine. I it's think like, it, it's like, but like stuff like that, like where it's, you know, or says study says that alcohol like it means that you're a better person like if you drink right. like or there's like there's just like stupid ridiculous thing and it kind of like validates something in you're like oh well I, you know good thing i was a little i was feeling a little guilty about having my beer <laughs> but now i can relax because yeah. now i'm a good person like it's just it's all this stuff to kind of like validate your feelings and right. so instead of like they couldn't say like i mean it does happen from time to time where they're like actually this is like bad but they're also like you see articles all the time People like you see like people posting on like Facebook all the time, mm-hmm. and people you know, and they'll put some kind of snappy status to go along with it, you know.
1: Well, I and, think like, it was in the video you you sent me. Um, they were talking about like chocolate and pregnancy, and like how it, then it, like from one little blurb or something like that that if they read the story, it wouldn't have said that. It had something to do with like a very specific situation, and they instead of Talking about that very specific situation, they just said overall, if you're pregnant, you should have chocolate during the day.
2: Yeah. So what? So this highlights a very important point, which is how journalists actually create headlines to begin with. Is if the initial study doesn't have a sexy title, it's your job to bestow it one. Okay, fair enough. And one way, one very sneaky way in which you can do it is find out what is the similarity between two factors and what you can do because similarity between two factors doesn't mean that it's mentioned in the study at all, right? It's just what connects the two. So Huffington Post in 2015 released a study. It was an, it was an article based on a study um, that said there is feces in men's beards,
0: that's never, by the so, way, starting with the Huffington Post article is never a good way to... Uh,
2: <laughs> I w- I, then it's a recognizable name, right? No, no, so no, no that I'm, scary, I'm joking, right? I'm joking, but, but it's, um, it's, it's kind of true. So what they did was, <laughs> it's based on a study in which they swab men's beards, uh, a group of men, and they just wanted to find out what was the bacterial makeup of that swab and bacteria lives everywhere on our body. There's more bacteria than we have human cells in our body, right? It's important to remember this. They found a lot of fun information among this group of bacteria is bacteria that's prone to exist in bathrooms. That's it. Bathrooms. What do you do in bathrooms? Okay. Excrement. Got it. What do we do? Uh, We swab mem's beards. Okay got it bacteria in one place bacteria in the other place bam similarity thus feces and men's beard and you throw that out there and it almost like feels right and you know what who wouldn't click on something like that
0: (laughs) but it's like it's the same thing when i was saying with like the billy jean king thing yeah i mean that probably was if it wasn't huffington post it was something like it or huffington post-esque you know where it is like it's something like oh this sounds is there some kind of like fight going on like it's stupid. I know it's stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, and like celebrity gossip is really stupid, but sometimes you see it and you're like, well, maybe I'm just curious. Yeah. You know, what's going on here?
1: Well, it gets ridiculous when it gets to the point where I, th- I brought this up with Keith earlier in the day, but when you have something like in movies or TV where they continue to propagate just incorrect information, like I can't even count the amount of times the whole we only use 10% of our brain trope mm. comes up yeah and i mean they have movies what was it limitless and <laughs> lucy. lucy yeah oh
0: i didn't i didn't see those so lucy
1: with uh scar and limitless with bradley cooper and i think in both of them they end of up course. taking some sort of drug that allows them yes. to use the other 90 percent of their brain and it's but i ask you this I mean, it's not as, I would say it's not as damaging or as dangerous as something like vaccines, but it's like, it's something that's continually propagated. And even after like a scientific community goes, no, that's bullshit,
2: they're still pumping that out. But here's, here's why you can get away with it. Compared to feces and beards, (laughs) the whole 10% of the brain that you supposedly use, you say that. And most people, when they hear it for the first time, it's weird, I don't know, I can't explain it, but they feel it to be true. They feel like there is something missing, and that's why they haven't reached their maximum potential, or they haven't realized their true self, as Aristotle wrote about 2,000 years ago. I mean, this is just a common thread through all of this. I mean, everything that gets like, perverted from spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, the, the bathwater that I wish we could just drain already. So on top of it, not only does it feel right, but you understand what it means. So it's not talking about one bacteria and their, you know, particular, uh, particular DNA, right? You know, the, These are going to be lush terms and oh biology i failed that in high school so i'm gonna just black that out no like i use a percentage you know what 10 percent is okay that's 10 cents on a dollar got it (laughs) brain i got one of those i know it and here's the best part you understand it completely yet you can't tell me why it's wrong you can't tell me why you should doubt it and more importantly you can't tell me why it's true so combine all this together and you just have a perfect storm Because it's a simple statement that almost sounds like wisdom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You only use 10% of your brain kid. if you only read the right books, if you only took the right substances, Mm -hmm. if you only were able to tap into your unbound consciousness. And if you speak in these just super flowery ways, you just get inspired. And you know what? Through a lie, you can benefit yourself. And that's sort of this weird silver lining over it all. Is but it is it like It's the rock soup of of a situation?
0: I, I think this is why we need Neil deGrasse Tyson to start tweeting about movies again though. Yeah. Because like that he could he can kinda like break that down for everybody. He helps but Astrophysics
2: go. is like totally different because
0: we <laughs> Wait. Oh, but he would still jump all over that. You know that. he Because yeah. anything science-related, he's going to jump all over. He stopped doing it because people were shitting on him so much. Like, let us just enjoy
1: the movie. Shut up. Did and you hear the whole thing where he tweeted at... Um, oh, my God. Why can't I think of B-O-B? the guy's name? Did, oh, the, the oh I did Earth see guy? that. I was talking about um, Titanic. Who's the guy that made Ty- James Titanic? James Cameron. James yeah. Cameron. Because I guess they lazily originally just put up... Um, just some random stars everything yeah. about and it was that's like the the funny thing that Neil DeGrasse Tyson really goes into he's like James Cameron made sure to make every single thing about this movie accurate except for the stars and the stars did not like accurately fit to the location where the yeah. boat was and then i guess they came out with a A re-release of the movie with like bonus features and this and that, and in that re-release, James Cameron reached out to Neil deGrasse Tyson and said, "I need some stars. Where should they actually be?" That's really funny, but like in that
0: in that situation, like that's not the same as like the brain thing because that's like people are not looking at that. Like maybe there's a few people who are like, Mm -hmm. "Hey, that's not right," but most people, myself included, would just would not notice that at all.
2: And And people aren't changing their entire lives and endangering their children and other people's children over astrophysics for the most (laughs) part. I mean, people did this back in the day when they didn't know where comets came from and and, and something like that. Um, I read this story recently. Uh, There's this, I want to say he was a microbiologist, but he's also a bit of a, uh, how do you say, uh, I guess, contrarian and prankster. and. He wanted to find out how easy it actually is to get something published in scientific journals and then in newspapers. And he was approached by a documentary crew who said, we will fund you to create the most hogwash study imaginable. And we're going to help you make it sexy as all hell. So they got a whole PR crew behind this. And the microbiologist was thinking to himself, okay, well, what do we It has to be on nutrition, something in nutrition, because people read that stuff. Uh, and he called up a, a friend and he said, this is what I w- want to do. I want to pull this prank on, you know, my country. Uh, I think he's based in Europe. And he asked his friend what he should do. And his friend said, dark chocolate something on chocolate I'm like well why dark chocolate well it's just just in light of the whole foods fanatics they think that if it's bitter and i don't like the taste that in the end it must be good for me <laughs> and there's an entire market that proves this and how much money people are spending on chocolate despite its shortage and like high prices right now so what he does was he uh, constructed a study with five men 11 women that means a total end value of 16 which is laughable ridiculously small and it sits so in statistics if you want to run a BS study this is what you do you get a small group <laughs> of people and you run some tests but you measure an insane amount of factors weight height blood pressure, metabolic syndromes, if anything like that. You measure all these factors and then you toss in your variable, right? In this case, it was uh, changing someone's diet. So he actually did a full legitimate experiment. You know, he did actually bring in subjects. He did actually have a control group and he had um, two uh, other independent groups that he monitored and manipulated accordingly. It reads well, until you look just an inch under the surface. So, like I was saying, if you have a small group of people, but then you measure interactions between a large number of variables, it is like increasing your chances of winning the lottery from one and a billion to one in fifty. Mm-hmm. And when you run those statistics, it re- you really are winning the lottery, but it's the way in which you went about it. Once again, not what you think, how you think. So how you went about it. So anyways, he comes across these significant results and he had no game plan of what, you know, he was going to publish, but it just so happens that when he struck gold, it was the relationship between weight loss being accelerated in the group that ingested chocolate, just happened to have chocolate (laughs) in their diet, right? You may even have read this study.
0: So, Without any regard to any other factors, of what they were doing in their lives,
2: they didn't talk. Anything they, they didn't, didn't talk they, about they the rest of their diets or their exercise yeah.
0: routine, nothing else. Yeah,
2: and and he's making it a horrible study on purpose, and he wants yeah, it to course. be so anyone with two eyeballs and any experience whatsoever that you get five sentences in and you go, well, this is you know a load of bollocks, right? Anyway, he completes the study, writes the report. The PR campaign creates music videos, rap, uh, rock music, all <laughs> about this study and chocolate. He has uh, a campaign that is dishing out ways to make this title, uh, you know, sell better. Um, once again, going back to like the sexiness of what you're titling your paper and so on and so forth. He pushes it through to a bunch of scientific journals that aren't peer-reviewed. That's the key to all of this. It gets accepted by almost every single one of them. (laughs) And then he gets an email saying, if you give me 600 euros, we're going to put it in our premier journal. What's he do? Uh, He pays up. It gets thrown in the premier journal. It gets picked up by the largest distributed newspaper in all of Europe. All of Europe. Jesus. An entire... Right? I mean, the, the ridiculous. You know, entire continent. Yeah. And then it gets picked up by morning shows in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It gets picked up by Cosmopolitan magazine. And does he get a phone call, by the way, before it gets to the largest circulated newspaper in, in Europe to verify any of the details? No, not one phone call, whatever. And what do the headlines tell you? It says something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing here, it's chocolate helps you lose weight. Yeah. (laughs) And it it just gets picked up everywhere, and he just sits back and relaxes until somebody who's actually looked at it gives him a call and finds out what's going on. And he does this interview uh, with NPR, you know, of how he went about doing this. And, I mean, essentially what he did was, it's called P-hacking. In statistics, there's like a P-value that shows you whether or not... Uh, I mean, in 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 quick terms, it's just is your results significant? And results are significant when there is, you know, uh, oh, if 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 things weren't the the way that you think they may be, you'd have a one in twentieth shot at being right, Hmm. which is like a funny way of thinking about it. It doesn't, you know, it it shows you that if you are wrong about things you'd be wrong 5% of the time. So because of that, your results tell you that you're probably right. Hmm. And once again, it's all in the fact that he had short sample size and he was testing for way too many things. It's so Chocolate makes you look scary. Lose but that's, I mean, that's a great example though. Yeah. Like all,
0: all the stuff we see and kind of bring it back to skepticism. Yeah. You know, that's like the big thing is that people see this stuff and they take it, you know, they take it as like, Oh Yeah. And for chocolate especially, it's like, well, right. don't have to throw out my chocolate habit. Yeah, well it, it
1: it fits to what they already want to do, so why question it?
0: Right. No, I mean that's a huge that's a huge thing. Well, I was just so, thinking real quick, yeah. I mean probably wrap up, mm-hmm. but um that reminds me, I don't know if you ever saw Nathan for You, the T V show. <laughs> yes. But yes. but there's when he does the um, the movement with that guy yep. where he and obviously it's on a much smaller scale where he has that guy say he lost all that weight due to moving boxes right. and, and that he he then never
1: entered he would never went into a gym ever he, but he's
0: always in the gym yeah and he goes on like these local tv stations i mean it's, it's a more like innocent thing you know but it's because it's, it's funny but but it does show like how you can kind of easily influence people and then he says like his best friend was steve jobs growing up <laughs> i mean it's just it's just nonsense these but.
2: individual stories are harmless yeah but, yeah yeah but I mean, it shows yeah, though an this microbiologist yeah like scale. he was saying like it's not about this story it's about the hundred others that you didn't bother to look up mm-hmm. right you didn't you know that you just drew all these conclusions to and that you changed your life over because it somehow seemed more legitimate because it was coming from a scientific journal yeah, it adds yeah. up so be more skeptical everyone yeah. i think that's that the that's the overall that the moral theme. Of, of today's
0: episode yeah i guess so and maybe um don't fall for clickbait. Maybe yeah. that's that's what I'm gonna try and do. That's my goal right now. Is not yeah. to All fall right. for clickbait. And, and funny
2: sounding statistics like yeah. eight out of ten doctors say that landscaping causes diabetes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was the dentist with um with like Trident gum. Yeah. What ha- yeah, there was like that commercial that where
1: like, like the uh, the squirrel climbed up the uh, the guy's pants. Yeah, it's like and, that's what happened bit to on the last something. Right. That's really, why he said
0: no. Because really, all dentists like you'd be crazy to be against Trident gum if you're right. a dentist. Obviously. Yeah.
1: So yeah, be more skeptical. Don't uh, don't fall for the clickbait, and uh, don't let the bastards get you down. Mm. I'm just throwing that last one in. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for sticking with us, everyone. That was really fun. Yeah, I like that, and that was really informative. Glad. Uh, thanks, Keith. Yeah, thanks. Because
1: yeah, thanks, you kind of kind of carried the show. Yeah, that was good. Next time, you have to talk more about your racing history. I know, uh, I left that out. Yeah, yeah, we
2: totally glossed over that. <laughs> Damn, we don't have any well, time left. That's literally how we started out. I don't think we glossed over it. <laughs> that's the that's the well. Summary. No, but we All didn't dive awards. we didn't dive into it. Right. It
0: really.
1: Next time. Next time.
0: Yeah. Well, it'll just be a whole NASCAR based episode. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening guys. Peace.